Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Season 1, Episode 8, The Sister Wives Special, where Cody and the wives are interviewed by Natalie Morales. I wasn't sure if I should cover it, but the episode started playing automatically on my TLC Go app. And in the first five minutes, Cody said he wasn't doing this out of narcissism. He wasn't a narcissist. I am not a shrink. I have heard different actual shrinks on YouTube categorize Cody differently. Not everyone agrees Cody is a narcissist, according to the DSM, but everyone I have watched agrees he has some, or if not a lot of the tendencies of the DSM for narcissism and that he's an asshole. So he does fit some of the criteria that define a narcissist in my opinion. I am not a shrink to determine if Cody fits enough criteria for a diagnosis or not, but in my opinion, as just a layman, those tendencies of narcissism are there, and he fits some of the criteria for narcissism at the very least, in my opinion. But we also have to remember that we do not know the Browns. We don't know these people personally. And even though we have watched them season after season, we are still getting a highly edited TV show with some level of production, whether there is a script or not. So we can't know the real reality from just what the viewers get to see. But the glimpse we do see shows us at the very least, Cody is an asshole and he does have tendencies of narcissistic type personality traits and he operates off of ego, in my opinion, from what we see on camera. Anyways, Cody says right off the bat that he isn't a narcissist, so let's see what else he has to say and what his wives say in the season one interview special with host Natalie Morales. Natalie asks Cody how he feels about putting himself out there like this, and he says the society was too secretive, so he felt that there was a need for transparency. Natalie tells Cody when we first started the interview that he said, this doesn't make me nervous, but America makes him nervous. And she asks Cody what he meant by that. Cody says America has a point of view that's already prejudiced against him. Stereotypes automatically get assigned when he steps forward like, oh, maybe this guy is patriarchal. Maybe this guy is narcissistic. Maybe he's self-obsessed and he loves having women worship him. Cody says through the process of the show, viewers get to see him get schooled several times. So he thinks it's very important that America see that he is a man who is just well trained. It's ironic. All the stereotypes Cody tried so vehemently to combat about himself and polygamy, he has only proved to be true. Let's go one by one. He says people assume that he is patriarchal when he isn't. Everyone understands what the term patriarchal means, but I thought we should define it to see if any of Cody's behavior on camera on the show over the seasons appears to be patriarchal just for shits and giggles. So patriarchal means relating to characteristics of a patriarch and relating or characteristic of a system of society or government controlled by men. So Cody's system is polygamy. In Cody's system, does he view himself as the patriarch? Within his dynamic, in his family, is Cody the leader or ruler? Do the wives have equal say and a democratic vote? Or does Cody like to lead authoritatively and do things his way? 
And when a wife makes waves or refuses to comply with Cody's way, what is the result? Cody will pull away, be neglectful emotionally. He will manipulate to try and coerce the women to get his way. And he will cut off anyone who doesn't agree by removing things like his time, communication, full presence, sex and intimacy, emotional connections. And he labels people who don't do things his way as disrespectful and disloyal. Cody has said many times he no longer feels like the leader in all of his wives' houses, and he does manipulative tactics to try and regain control, in my opinion. The only house that feels like his home is Robin's, and he touts her household as an example of the respect and loyalty and obedience he deserves. At Robin's, her older adult kids, Cody gladly lets live under his roof with her, Yet with he and Janelle's adult kids, first of all, he calls them Janelle's kids and doesn't take ownership of them as his kids as well. Second of all, he tried to convince Janelle to kick out Gabe and Garrison with the excuse that they are 18 and older, so he has done all he can for them. But he said he's happy to be there for Robin's adult kids, referring to them as his kids too, because they obey Cody's every whim. He dictated to Christine... No sex until we see how your behavior is with your sister wives. Christine tried to discuss it with Cody, but it wasn't up for any discussion at all. There was no room for a talk about it or communication about it. There was just a dictation. He dictated to Christine, no sex. There isn't going to be sex. I'm not interested in that. And when Christine tried to discuss it, Cody wasn't up to have any type of discussion when he knows he can get sex at least two other places if Mary is a wife that is considered off the table for sex and Christine has nowhere else to go for intimacy other than Cody unless she does as he says and adjusts her behavior. Why are Christine's intimacy needs tied to her changing her behavior with Robin for Cody to see if intimacy can be negotiated? That sounds like a patriarchy to me. Next up, the next stereotype Cody made a point to say he is not is narcissistic and self-obsessed and that he loves having women worship him. Does Cody have narcissistic tendencies? Is Cody ego-driven? And does he manipulate situations to get what he wants for himself? During the pandemic, Cody created rules more stringent than the CDC guidelines, knowing they were impossible for his wives and kids to follow and that they were completely unnecessary. He did this as a way to live monogamy with Robin, in my opinion, so Cody can try and look like he has a valid excuse to be less present and have unequal times with his other three wives. Also, what about the time when Cody had a night with a wife in a hotel during an, the RV trip, and he switched the rotation, and that wife had to wait even longer for their turn because he preferred to sleep at the RV park. He thought it was a cool place to be. Cody does what serves him, and he said if the wives complained, he would be in a bad mood, and no one wants it to be a bad trip, like accept this or else. Cody says these women will not do what he tells them to do. It's never happened. Christine says he doesn't really try either. Cody mentions he has tried before and he got the smackdown. He says the only people that he's able to boss around at home are the kids. And that's just in respect to cleaning their rooms and doing their homework. Cody has told the woman, 
what to do many times. He tried with the C-19 mandates. He pushed the wives to move to Flagstaff when they weren't all on board. He tells the woman no sex and no discussion, and they get zero say when he decides something involving them. Mary says when people find out about them and their lifestyle, everybody's shocked. Natalie, the host, explains that the Browns practice fundamentalist Mormonism. Fundamentalist Mormons practice polygamy, which was disavowed more than a century ago by the mainstream Mormon church, known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Morales continues that it is estimated today that there are over 35,000 polygamous families in the United States. That estimate is from over 10 years ago. I tried to find a more current figure, but all I could find was a rough estimate of between 30,000 and 50,000 polygamous families in the United States. And of course, not all polygamous families are going to be out in the open reporting this because it's not legal in many states. So what most polygamists do is they stay under the radar. So we don't really know the actual number. Natalie, speaking to Cody, says watching the show, viewers can all relate up until the point where Cody goes off into the bedroom with one of the wives, and she imagines that's where it's a difficult thing for all of them. Christine responds, saying it's not a thing they really want to talk about. She says it's very personal and a private part of their life, and they really don't even want to go there. Now, Natalie wasn't asking them what positions each wife likes best. She was just touching on the fact that when it's Cody's night with one wife, it must be tough on the other wives. But rather than addressing the emotional struggle or jealousy or insecurity or competition, the topic is immediately shut down. I think it's just because the Browns want to desperately push the lifestyle as positive and healthy and different from the media portrayal of the cult stuff. Natalie asks to make one thing clear. She asks Cody, you with all these women, this is not about sex. Christine answers for Cody. She says, it's about a family. It's about making our family work and our relationships work. And it's about love and communication and raising incredible kids. Cody says to Natalie, the host, that chicks don't understand that a guy can have four best friends. I think Cody thinks he's being cool calling women chicks. Janelle calls Cody out jokingly. She asks, Chicks? We're chicks? Cody says it's very easy for him to look at Janelle and say, you're my best friend. I want to tell you everything. And the same goes for Mary and Christine and Robin. It goes all the way around. I just want to point out that at the tell-all this season, Janelle referred to Cody as her best friend. And when asked by the host if he and Janelle were in sync, Cody said that they weren't in sync. When asked if he loved Janelle or if he was in love with her, his response was a deflection saying to the host, if you ask Janelle, she will tell you she isn't in love with me. We also know Christine has divorced Cody and he openly loathes and resents Mary big time. So his only best friend he wants to confide in is Robin for now, it seems. Natalie mentions the pain in adding a new wife. Mary says she has been through this before. This is her third time with Robin entering the family. And every time a new one comes along and she goes through her insecurities and her jealousies and she works through them, they become a stronger family. In my opinion, those jealousies and insecurities aren't something you just work through or work hard at and they eventually go away. It's constantly there, a constant perpetual battle to suffer through 
in that lifestyle. The thing is, you're a wife deeply in love with your husband, wanting them, loving them, expecting all your needs met by them, met by your husband. And it's natural human instinct to want to fall to pieces if your husband loves another woman or cheats on you. It's an instinct, a human instinct to want to claw the other woman's eyes out. You feel deeply betrayed, disrespected, unvalued by your husband constantly, and it never just goes away. There is no amount of hard work you can do to defeat it. And it doesn't make you a better, stronger person to be under constant strain and stress and emotional duress and suffering. It doesn't make you better or stronger or the husband better or stronger or the family better or stronger, in my opinion. This lifestyle asks women to torture themselves to go against human nature and consciousness and love. So this notion that you work hard and it goes away and makes you stronger, I don't believe that is the case at all. Cody says when they're all on the couch during confessional scenes, you're really listening. They play the clip of Cody saying he guesses he could be less of a chump and more of a man. Cody says you get a triple whammy. You experience the feeling, and then a couple of months later, you talk about the feeling, and many months later, you see it again on TV, and you relive it. Robin says they are so over certain episodes. I'm sure she means the ones where the wives are suffering and emotional about Robin entering the family. Last episode, Robin mentioned how hard it was for her, she and Cody to have the wives accept their relationship, and how hard it was for Robin with the other wives having emotions flying everywhere. Rather than her being understanding and compassionate to the wives' situation and the floor dropping out from beneath their feet with her entrance into the family. Poor Cody and Robin and what they had to endure with the difficulty from the other wives and their emotions flying everywhere. Never mind that everything they and the kids have ever known for over 20 years, is drastically shifting into something unknown. Robin is over those episodes, I'm sure, and the episode with the fake dress shopping experience because she has to get those bitter pills down, and it's oh so hard for her. Natalie mentions the Browns adjusting to all the attention from going public. Cody says, all of a sudden, everybody knows you, and it's like standing out in a football field naked, and everybody is in the grandstands watching you, and you have to decide if you are going to flex or cover up and hide. Natalie asks if Cody is flexing, and he says, he covered up and hid for a while. He was embarrassed. Natalie asks the four wives and Cody what they are most scared of in putting themselves out there in this way. Janelle worries about the children. They double their efforts to make sure things are consistent and normal and that they do their normal family things so the fabric of their lives is not changed so dramatically by this experience. Cody names all his kids, but he forgets some of the girls and quickly corrects himself, naming Aurora, Savannah, and Truly. Cody says all the kids have expressed a love for the show and the filming and the experience. And they have all also expressed a distaste for it. I wonder if Cody sat with all of his kids personally and individually, painstakingly explaining what fame will mean for them, the repercussions of being placed in the public arena at the whim of public opinion, what filming constantly means and entails, the loss of anonymity and privacy, and if the kids that young 
can fully comprehend and wrap their mind around all the repercussions and consequences and what it actually means, not only in the present and immediate, but also lifelong and in the future, what the consequences of this is for them for all of their lives. I'm sure that the Browns needed the money to survive, so were the kids fully taken into account and fully on board and understanding of this, and not just the immediate effects, but the lifelong repercussions? Natalie is speaking privately with Cody, and she says he is sort of the moon, and his wives rotate around him. Cody says that is flattering for a big ego. He totally has an ego the size of Texas, if not bigger than that. But he is trying to play coy and humble, like, oh, he has so much humility. Natalie tells Cody that's the image they see, and he says he feels that the public has misunderstood that there is this catfight for his time, but that is not really there because all the relationships are being nurtured and the family is being nurtured. What a car salesman. That did not age well. As we know, all the relationships have not been nurtured with the wives or the kids, and Cody went so far as to say his wives are obstacles to his goals. How loving and reassuring and nurturing that must feel. I could give specific examples, like how Cody lovingly nurtured Gabe when Gabe spoke to his dad, like a man trying to be open and open the communication and the relationship, and Cody gave back not even a grain of reassurance and deflected completely coming from his ego. Also, how Cody nurtured his relationship with Mary by removing sex over 10 years ago, way before the catfish, and then doing the same to Christine. Very nurturing. Let's not forget how Cody nurtured Isabel in constant pain, needing life-threatening scoliosis surgery, by suggesting she as a minor fly across the country alone initially, and how he nurtured Christine by having her go alone, and minimizing the trip to go to New Jersey for a surgery as if it were a vacation, even trying to discourage Isabel, who was in lots of pain, from relieving the pain through surgery because it would leave an ugly scar. He was trying to dissuade her, saying she'd have an ugly scar. I'd be telling my kid that she's a warrior, it's badass, go for it, who gives a fuck about the scar, you can get a tattoo over it later, don't even worry about it. I could give more examples of just how much Cody nurtures his kids and his family. Like how Robin's adult kids are welcome under his roof, but he tried to make Janelle force her kids out, saying they're over 18, he's done all he can as a parent for them, because they won't acquiesce to his control and dictatorial C-19 mandates. How nurturing is it to tell a wife, no sex anymore, but we'll see how good a sister wife you are, and your behavior will determine my intimacy with you, when he can get sex elsewhere, and she is just supposed to live in a loveless, sexless marriage, like an automaton, and Cody can get his needs met elsewhere with other wives. Is it nurturing to not compromise or view your wives as autonomous human beings with 50% say in a marriage? Is it nurturing to dictate? Used car salesman. Ugh. Mary says you really need to have a lot of openness and honesty in a situation like this. Cody says at the same time you have to have love and forgiveness in relationships or you will burn yourself down. Let's talk about that statement of Cody's. You have to have love and forgiveness in relationships or you will burn yourself down. What a foreshadow. 
With Mary, does he have love and forgiveness for her mistake? Or is he cruel and does Cody twist the knife every chance he gets? He loathes Mary openly and he tries desperately to push her out. I understand she got catfished. She searched for love outside of her marriage. Now, I've said this a million times and I'm going to say it again. I understand Mary wanting love. I believe she deserves love and investment and a person who is all in with her and understands her and she deserves to seek that out. However, as terrible as it is that she was catfished, her being a victim of a con artist doesn't negate the fact that she did cheat and that she could have put her whole family in serious grave danger had the catfish been even more unhinged particularly considering that the Browns are well-known public figures and everyone knows their address, you have to be careful who you trust and how you interact and with whom, particularly with internet strangers. I don't think Mary owes Cody anything, but the right way to go about finding love is to tell the family, tell Cody, separate and then date intelligently and carefully. Mary was naive and gullible and she was foolish to trust the words she wanted to hear because she desperately wanted love and it could have put her whole family in danger. I think Mary refuses to admit she would have left had the catfish been real and she wants that to be swept under the rug because she feels being a victim of a catfish supersedes that or negates her fault in it. Cody also needs to admit he played a large part in Mary seeking out other relationships and falling victim to a catfish, and he is accountable for it in some way. He abandoned Mary. He was not present. He removed intimacy from their marriage over 10 years ago. He now loathes Mary openly. He never even calls her. He doesn't even consider her an acquaintance or a friend to call once in a while and check on during the pandemic. That's the mother of his kid. He should still have some level of care and respect for her as the mother of his child. If his ego is hurt and he can't trust Mary or love her, it's understandable. I know Mary was technically divorced from Cody. I understand that, that she had a legal divorce. But Christine and Janelle were never a legal wife, but they considered themselves married spiritually to Cody, just as Mary would be with the legal divorce. So if Cody can't be with Mary romantically, fine. And if he considers that cheating and the family considers that cheating, uh, that is understandable. But Cody twists the knife and is cruel to Mary, reminding her every chance he gets, and he gets off on twisting the knife. And that's a part of Cody I don't like. So he says you have to love and have forgiveness in relationships or you will burn yourself down. Where is that love and forgiveness he speaks of when it comes to Mary? Where is the love when he said his wives who dedicated their lives to him are obstacles to his goals after all they have suffered through to live this way? Cody has burned himself down. He is so bitter and disillusioned and he desperately wants to be done with the lifestyle and the family structure. He seems to want monogamy in his mind, heart, and conscience. So rather than burn himself down and harboring resentment and anger and systematically being abusive and neglectful and manipulative and cruel, why not be open and honest and live monogamy and be kind and loving and supportive to your kids and wives and be a man about it rather than pushing everyone out in such a toxic way, burning yourself from the inside out? Have love, have forgiveness. 
It's not his wives and kids fault or burden that Cody chose this and he took it on and now he wishes he could have monogamy. Mary explains she met Cody when she was 18, almost 19, and his sister introduced them. She knew he was the one and he knew she was the one for the time. They knew they would be a plural family and they discussed it prior to marriage. Mary brought in Christine and Janelle during season one. The sister wives joked that Mary was in mergers and acquisitions. Mary came from a polygamous family herself and being wife number one would seem to put Mary in a power position in the Brown family hierarchy, Morales says. She says Mary is like a firstborn child, a responsible take charge cruise director of sorts, but even though Mary comes across as self-assured, there are moments where she is conflicted and vulnerable. Natalie asks, as the one who started this, as the first wife, is it hard having to welcome three wives into her life? Mary says it depends on the day. There have been days that she has felt, I can't see that today if Cody's being affectionate with another wife, for example. She says, referring to Cody, I know you love her. I know you guys have a great relationship and that's fine, but there are days when it's fine. It feels like no big deal because they are all this big, happy family and it doesn't bother her at all. Mary says she thinks it comes down to your own insecurities and where you are emotionally in your head that day. See, Mary proved my point herself. It's not just something you work hard at and get over that makes the family better, as she initially stated. It's a constant struggle all the time. It's never over. It's a perpetual emotional and mental battle and suffering and struggling to go against human nature with the jealousy and insecurities that come with the lifestyle. This isn't a healthy lifestyle conducive to thriving, in my opinion. Natalie mentions Mary's 20th anniversary dinner at the time the family is about to integrate Robin into the family. Though Mary initiated the match, the new relationship brings up insecurities that Mary confides in Cody. All the wives in Cody are shown the 20th anniversary dinner scene where Mary tells Cody she wants him to acknowledge that she has these jealousy issues. And if she were to be giving attention to another guy, she asks Cody, how would it make you feel? Cody responds, um, obviously it's just not something I'm comfortable with imagining. He continues. He says the vulgarity of the idea of you with two husbands or another lover sickens me. Mary responds to Cody that there have been times that Cody hasn't seemed like he's understood and he seemed very impatient. She continues. Cody's actually said to her that she chose this and this is what we signed up for. She goes on that unfortunately, at the same time, she still has those emotions and those feelings. Natalie says viewers saw the dinner celebrating the 20th anniversary, but also Mary was going through some difficult times with issues of jealousy. Mary responds that they just have ups and downs, and at that time they were going through a tough spot, and add Robin on top of it. Then she stops herself and she apologizes. She says, not Robin, sorry, the situation and the insecurities that she was already having because of their relationship just made it worse and just made it really magnified. Cody says every couple in America who has made a marriage last, he believes, has been at that place. He says most of the time they are in love. Most of the time they're looking at each other saying, I love you and I like our life together. 
He says, just because something is just a little kinked here, a lot of couples never even discuss those issues, never even go to that place. But he and Mary have actually said after 20 years, I love you, I'm committed, and I choose to stay. What Cody is doing here, in my opinion, is he's trying to minimize the situation and normalize the struggles in polygamy as if they are the same issues and struggles a monogamous couple would face. And he's even trying to suggest that they're able to go deeper than most monogamous couples go and face deeper issues and come out still loving, strong, and committed. But that isn't necessarily the case. He cannot normalize the struggles of polygamy as the same as in monogamy or minimize the suffering that inherently comes with the polygamous lifestyle. He's trying to say every monogamous couple has ups and downs as well. And it's the same in polygamy when polygamy is constant torture and jealousy and insecurity on top of the ups and downs of a relationship. It would be like being a woman in a monogamous relationship cheated on over and over and over feeling constant jealousy and insecurity, and then saying it's normal I suffer and endure this because it happens everywhere. Most husbands cheat. No, it doesn't. Mary's struggles with fertility are mentioned, mentioning her miscarriage and how she always dreamed of a house full of kids, but she has just one child, Mariah, while Janelle and Christine have six kids each. The host mentions the Mexico trip and Cody suggesting IVF and Mary feeling it wasn't something she wanted to do. The host asks Mary if she feels the need to expand her biological family anymore. Mary says she has done a lot of fertility treatments before and her emotions are a roller coaster of hope, hope, hope just to be let down again. She's getting older and she feels if it were to happen naturally again, then it would be awesome. Christine says Mary having only one child is unfortunate but she's hoping because they all have kids too that Mary feels more complete and Mariah has siblings anyways that she loves through all the other sister wives. Christine says she makes sure if she's expecting to tell Mary first before announcing it to the family. They play a clip of Mary saying the only thing keeping her staying with Cody is her commitment level and her daughter. And she says that she questions staying and she is in tears during the scene that they're playing as Cody strokes Mary's hair. Natalie asks Mary if she sometimes thinks about leaving. And Mary says there was a time that she and Cody were struggling so much. She knew that she wouldn't leave because she has a commitment and she and Cody love each other and she wouldn't. But there are times that she has thought she doesn't want to deal with the stress. Natalie describes Janelle, wife number two, as the level-headed worker and thinker. Janelle says she has always been a career person who prefers to work rather than to be at home with the kids because in a family this big, one breadwinner is not enough. Janelle is the only wife who did not grow up in the faith and she never sought out the polygamous lifestyle. Instead, the lifestyle found her in an unusual way. Natalie explains that before Janelle and Mary were sister wives, they were sisters-in-law. At 19, Janelle married Mary's brother, Adam. Janelle says it was short-lived, maybe lasting a year or year and a half, and they were divorced. Janelle says it's funny that everybody is making a big deal about it because who talks about their failed marriages? What about the fact that Janelle's mom married Cody's dad and became his bio mom's sister wife? Also, I believe Robin and Christine are cousins down the line as well. I'm not 100% sure about this, but I do believe that they are related and they are cousins. Two years after divorcing Mary's brother, Adam, 
Janelle realized she was in love with Cody and she felt he was a great guy, the best guy she knows. She says, then the faith came along and she embraced the faith and it was natural. So she decided she wanted Cody and she converted basically is what I'm surmising from that. She wanted to marry the best guy she knew, Janelle said. Is he still the best guy she knows? He tried to force Janelle to push her sons out while it was fine for Robin's adult kids to live under her roof and Cody's roof over obeying the C-19 mandates. Also, at the tell-all, Janelle referred to Cody as her best friend. He said they were not in sync, and when asked about being in love, his response was, if the host asks Janelle, she will tell her she isn't in love with him. That's the best guy she knows? Really? Natalie says Janelle and Cody are the only two adults in the family of 21 who have full-time jobs. Natalie wants to discuss finances. She says, with the big house we see and driving sporty cars, referring to Cody's two-seater Lexus convertible midlife crisis car, while his wives drive family vans and modest cars, Natalie says they seem to be very financially set, and she asks, how do they support this? Christine thanks Natalie for thinking they are financially set. Cody says the reality is that they are just like anybody else. They are struggling to make ends meet. Christine says it takes everything they've got like everyone else. Cody says his sports car is 10 years old and they bought it in a good year and it was 7 years old when they bought it. If it's such a struggle, why does a family of 21's patriarch need a Lexus two-seater convertible? It's not even really a status symbol. It screams midlife crisis like the wisps of hair Cody clings to near his receding hairline for dear life. Janelle says it's a struggle. It's always a struggle. There's never enough money, but somehow they always make it through. They work together. They pull their time. They pull their resources. She says Christine cooks at home and they buy in bulk and clip coupons and they buy beef by the half instead of by the pound. So this makes it seem even more impractical, in my opinion, for Cody to have a luxury two-door Lexus convertible sports car, older or not. How does it serve anyone but him and his midlife crisis? Look at me, look at me. Natalie asks about how health insurance works for the family. Cody says his employer is great and they have been very supportive. When he was a new employee, he was very concerned about potential discrimination for the lifestyle. So he did not put all of his children on his insurance. Natalie explains that that became problematic when Maddie needed emergency surgery. The family is still paying that bill off, but Cody can still have a Lexus two-door convertible. Seven years old or not, what purpose does that car have to the family? How practical is it other than a midlife crisis ego boost? His kids don't have health insurance, but he can have a sports car. Cody explained that at the time of Maddie's emergency appendectomy, Janelle had just switched jobs, so her insurance wasn't covering her. The emergency surgery cost them a year's wages. Janelle is still making payments. Cody says that experience taught him never to make another decision in fear again. What about when he refused to attend Isabel's surgery for scoliosis and he suggested she go alone in fear of COVID as an excuse? Natalie mentions how Janelle seemed least vocal of all the sister wives about Cody's courtship of Robin and the possibility of her becoming a fourth wife. But it doesn't mean she is immune to the same jealousies and insecurities and emotions as Mary. 
Janelle explains that she had a few weeks where she was so mad at Cody, she didn't want to talk to him. Then they talked and Cody said all the right things to her and melted her. Janelle says as far as the jealousy, they all experience it in different ways. She was already very secure in who she was, but she is closer to the cuff and not as vocal as Mary and Christine. She isn't as vocal about her emotions. She is more logical. She had those issues, but she was much more secure about herself long before Robin came into the fruit basket upset for them. Christine is next up. Natalie calls Christine dominant, outspoken, and not even close to shy. Natalie asks them who is enjoying the media attention most, and Cody points to Christine. Natalie says Christine knows what she wants, and she has gotten it. Not only did she aspire to be in a polygamous marriage, but she knew where she wanted to be in the pecking order. Christine explains she didn't want to be the first wife because she didn't want the guy around all the time. The second wife seemed more like a wedge, and to her, a third wife was perfect. Truly's birth scene is played for Cody and the wives. Christine says it was the best labor ever. Natalie mentions that even though third wife Christine grew up in a polygamous family, she struggled emotionally over the addition of a fourth wife. She says she never understood what Mary and Janelle had gone through, wondering how they could be jealous or how they could be insecure. She never was, so it wasn't an issue to her, until Robin came along, that is. Natalie asks Christine what she was feeling. She says she was feeling jealous, insecure, she was feeling replaced. Robin says she feels bad. She hates it so bad. Christine says it was one of those stupid things until you remember you haven't been replaced. Robin says there is no other Christine. Really? Robin feels bad, but woman to woman at the tell-all this last season, she tried to shame Christine for not trying as hard as she did in her first marriage, as if Christine should try hard to take less than is enough for her, less than she deserves when she tried for 30 plus years. That was so rude and cruel and toxic of Robin, and it showed her character in mentioning things that were not at all her place to be mentioning. There's only no other Christine when it benefits Robin to say that. Natalie says all the stresses Cody's wives felt over his new relationship came to a head near the end of the season when what should have been a bonding session in a bridal dress shop turned tense when the first three sister wives learned Cody went back to the shop with Robin without them and picked the dress. Natalie plays the clip of everyone on the confessional couch with Cody dropping the bomb that he picked the dress with Robin. Natalie says this is one of those cringeworthy moments where they see how they all work through an important moment that was also very painful for all of them. Cody says he is still reliving the pain. Natalie asks, that was hard for you to see that again, right? She tells Cody, you thought you were coming in with this great big surprise and then whack. He didn't realize the impact it would have on his other wives. Cody responds that he didn't know when he dropped that bomb. He had no idea the wives had had this bonding moment and he got stupid about it. All of a sudden, he was excited about announcing he picked the dress. Cody says he was so excited about it. It shows you just how egocentric and selfish and insensitive Cody is, in my opinion. Natalie asks Christine why she was so upset about it. She says it wasn't the dress. She had a lot of jealousy feelings throughout Robin's courtship and she was feeling abandoned and she wasn't feeling like she was special. So when she found out about this, she felt like, oh, you're kidding because she was just starting to feel okay again. And now here is another thing that shows her that Cody's relationship with Robin was more important than his relationship with her. 
Well, with all of the different courtship standards with Robin to the other wives and the gushing about being in love and lovesick and soulmates, all this while she is pregnant with Cody's child and the extra outpourings of love from Robin and Cody in front of everyone, how could Christine feel as though she mattered as much? I am so happy for Christine that she left. Natalie mentions how Robin was 30 when Cody courted her, and the scene plays with Christine saying she's glad Cody is getting a trophy wife. She says in that clip, he's a great guy. He deserves a cute girl. Cute or matronly with the sausage curls and the wider and wider chin and jawline and the geriatric tops that she wears. Janelle and Christine look more beautiful as they age and Robin looks older and older like the rusty trophy you throw in a box in the garage as Janelle and Christine look full of life and radiant and beaming and glowing with every season. Robin says Cody has four trophy wives. She says each wife is special and has a different element of a woman that any guy would be lucky to have in his life. Natalie says the divorced mother of three, Robin, is sweet and emotional. What about emotional, unstable, anxious, manipulative? She says Robin knew exactly what she wanted in a husband and a marriage. Natalie asks Robin why she chose Cody. She says because she had a list of things she wanted in a potential mate and Cody meets them all and she also always knew she wanted to live this way in polygamy. She wants this experience. She knows and believes that as this experience continues that she will learn how to be more and more selfless and she will learn how to look to others and ask, what do you need as well? L-O-L. She truly has a servant's heart. Mother Teresa has nothing on Robin. Has Robin become more and more selfless throughout the seasons? Does Robin look to her sister wives asking what they need with a servant's heart? Let's explore. As the seasons progress, in my opinion, we see the opposite of Robin becoming increasingly selfless. When Mary wanted to drop my sister wife's closet to do school, Robin wasn't supportive. She was unhappy Mary was ditching her dream. Was it selfless to do a fake wedding dress shopping experience with the wives and try to hide the truth? Was it selfless to gush that she and Cody were soulmates and to complain how hard it was for she and Cody to be accepted by the wives and how hard it was with the emotions flying everywhere? What about when Robin wouldn't let Isabel chill at her house and see her dad and siblings during recovery from surgery, but the nanny was allowed in? Or when Robin called Janelle's kids out by name at the tell-all for not accepting her, or when she requested equal time as the wives had as a fiancé, saying she and her kids needed that time with Cody when Cody's other wives and kids had to go through shell shock with everything they have ever known, shifting drastically to absorb Robin and her kids, knowing that his other wives and kids could have used that time with Cody for a little more security and reassurance that things would continue to be solid. What about when Robin complained that Janelle's kids blame her about Cody's rules? Does a selfless person complain about their husband's other kids wanting to communicate with her on TV and make them seem as though they unfairly question her and then say, oh, I'm all about the family. What about when this tell-all she displayed anger at Christine not trying hard enough in her marriage with Cody when she was able to try harder in her first marriage? How can a woman who has been through a fraught relationship and divorce try to shame or judge another woman for not being able to withstand more neglect or to try harder when she had been through similar things and when Cody had dictated to Christine no sex until Christine behaved better with her? Is a selfless woman a woman who complains that because Christine left, it ruins the picture in her head? 
What about Christine's pain and suffering and what she had to withstand and endure? Instead of compassion, Robin belittled and attempted to demean Christine for not trying hard enough with Cody. All the blame was put on Christine. When she tried for almost 30 years, she was unhappy and she felt she deserved more. The least a selfless woman would do is not shame Christine for feeling she deserves more and getting it. Instead, she would prefer Christine try harder to tolerate and endure more neglect and manipulation so the picture in her mind of the Browns could become her reality in real life. If Robin is so selfless, what, and, and this lifestyle helps her to become increasingly more and more selfless and ask what she can do for her other sister wives, what about Mary, who was very isolated and alone during C-19? She barely has any relationship with Cody. She's not too close to Janelle and Christine and their kids. And she was basically all by her lonesome during C-19. And she fo followed all of Cody's C-19 mandates in the hopes that she would be welcome at Robin's house, where Cody was living basically in monogamy with Robin. And she was hoping that she would get to spend some time with Robin and Cody and perhaps Saul and Ari and Robin's other kids. And miraculously, Mary wasn't allowed over there. Mary waited, you know, expecting that she would be welcome over there. And Robin never even extended an invite. Cody never called her during C-19, never even checked up on her as the mother of his daughter, knowing that she's isolated, knowing she's alone, knowing that she likes to be around people and she needs people. He couldn't even extend himself through phone calls to her. And Robin couldn't even have her over knowing she wasn't a threat, knowing that she wasn't, um, she was very uh, adherent to Cody's guidelines that are more stringent than the CDC. And Robin's excuse was, oh, I didn't want to upset the other wives. Well, the other wives who weren't following Cody's mandates were already getting together on their own. They were getting their kids together on their own and following CDC guidelines and doing everything appropriately. So there was no reason Mary should not have been invited and welcome over in Robin's house, considering she followed Cody's mandates. And Robin didn't even think to invite her over and Cody said it was okay. And when Cody said it was okay, Robin's response was, I don't want to upset the other wives. And she reluctantly had Mary over after quite some time. And even Janelle and Christine, who were getting together on their own following CDC guidelines rather than Cody's mandates, were flabbergasted and shocked at the fact that Mary was alone all that time and that she wasn't welcome over at Robin's house. So everything is mostly about how it affects Robin. She has a hard time having true empathy or putting herself in another's shoes, let alone asking what they need and providing it. Natalie asks why there was such a big gap, why it took 16 years before Cody got back out there again. And Cody says, it's not like you are wife hunting. Cody sighs and he says, heaven forbid. It's like a cattle call, like, ooh, she's cute. He says, that kind of stuff is gross. It grosses him out. Mary interjects that it's a situation of when the right person comes along at the right time. Natalie mentions that Cody and Robin had a matchmaker, first wife Mary. The two women clicked and Mary suggested to Cody that Robin may be sister wife material. Cody wasn't so sure. He says he had personal reservations. He shuddered. He said he had an ick factor because Robin was divorced with kids. Natalie asks what Cody meant by ick factor. Janelle says there are a lot of divorced people in their world. 
Robin says, when you marry someone who has kids, who has a divorce, there's a past, there's a history there, and there are these children from another spouse, and you have to deal with all of that, and it's a lot of work, and Cody already has a lot of work, so she understands it now. Natalie explains that Cody, Mary, Janelle, and Christine had been together for 16 years, and they had 13 kids together. Sharing Cody's time and attention with the new girl was tough for the sister wives, and Robin struggled with it as well. Natalie asks Robin, so you felt a lot of this season that you were pulling them apart? Robin says she doesn't want to ball. She always balls on set. Cue the crocodile tears. Robin says it was difficult for her because she knew each wife was struggling in their own way, and she hates hurting people. But as she says this, she is shaking her head no. And body language isn't always 100% accurate, but usually if you're saying something and you're shaking your head yes or you're shaking your head no, it typically the way you're shaking your head is what you actually mean on the inside. I'm not saying that that's the case with this. I'm just saying it could very, it could possibly be. Robin says she came into an established dynamic and shook it all up and it was hard for her to see Cody's other wives have to go through it. She would go home at times and wonder if she was really doing the right thing by doing this because she doesn't like hurting people. She says it's such a crazy thing because they are sharing one of their most precious people in their lives, their husband with her, and it's hurting them at the same time. And she says it's a very special kind of love from these girls. Cody says Robin was telling him she doesn't want to do anything that will hurt his wife's feelings, and he told her she won't be able to do anything to help that. Cody knew this would be a challenge, and when Robin realized that Christine's heart would break over this issue, it got really introspective. He says, you look in your heart and wonder if you're doing the right thing. You start looking to the heavens. Robin says she was questioning Heavenly Father, asking, do I still do this? Because she was hurting the wives. She was hurting Cody's wives. Cody says it makes you check your faith. Natalie says, despite the jealousies and insecurities, all the wives maintain their family is better as a result of Cody and Robin marrying. Christine says, for a year after Cody started courting Robin, Cody got a lot of communication skills and words and a new vocabulary and a new way of validating, and that was wonderful for her. She says, Cody started changing and evolving as a result of Robin, and so she brought a new strength to their family. It seems like the wives are really grasping at straws to justify why all this suffering is good on camera, honestly. Cody could have got that from therapy or a dictionary or a self-help book without the suffering of the wives. Christine says Robin brought a new strength to the family and a new coolness to their family for the teenagers who think Robin is cool and the teenagers go in her closet picking out her matronly clothes. Robin says they are still getting used to the new normal. She says it's been an adjustment. Someday she goes home and says time to give them time because there is no space in Cody's one big house. After marriage, Robin remained at the rental for space constraints. And she says her kids are thriving with their 13 step siblings. Brianna loves it and Aurora loves it like crazy. She thought it was like magic because all the little girls in the Brown family are close in age to her girls and they play together really well. And her son Dayton with Asperger's syndrome adjusted well because there are many boys like Peyton and Garrison around his age who hang out with him. Cody says Robin's kids are his kids. He won't take anything away from their bio dad. They just get two dads like the rest of the kids get four moms. 
Natalie wonders if the Brown family will ever welcome a fifth wife. She asks Robin if she thinks she is the last wife. Robin says it gets brought up a lot, but Cody says he's done and the other wives will say, let's just be done. But she's glad they didn't say that with Christine. She's glad that they didn't say, this is the last wife, so you never know what's going to happen. Natalie asks Cody if we see the real Cody Brown, and he says he feels like he is much more dramatic than the show allowed him to be. Really? Sir, was it not dramatic when he said his wives are obstacles to his goals? He says he had to tone it down a lot. Natalie asks Cody if he is a little bit of that playboy that the viewers see. And he says he's not a playboy. He's more like a party boy with his four girls. And he wants to go have a good time and have a good life. And he wants the experience to be quality. Natalie asks if there is anything Cody feels viewers have misunderstood in getting to know him. He feels like he is the enigma. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets him. Mary was fired because of the show or the lifestyle. She was fired from her job, we learn, and it was hard for her to come to terms with it. It happened only a few weeks ago. It was rough for her, and it was a job that she loved. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she was working with at-risk youth, and she really, really, really liked that job. Natalie asks Mary if she has regrets for doing the show, and Mary says no. Natalie asks if any of them have regrets. Robin says there are days when it's harder and she wonders if they did the right thing. Natalie says the show sparked an investigation into the family by the Lehigh, Utah Police Department. Polygamy was outlawed in Utah more than a century ago. And although Cody is only legally married to Mary at this point in time, a person can be found guilty of bigamy through cohabitation, not just through legal marriages. Polygamy cases between consenting adults are rarely pursued, Natalie says but polygamous relationships are not usually so publicly broadcast. She asks the Browns where they stand legally and they will defer to their lawyer. I don't believe personally that they were under any real threat whatsoever. To me, it felt like drummed up TV drama, but Janelle says they chose the family. They hope they get to have the family that they chose. Christine says they never asked the state of Utah to recognize their marriages Natalie says the state of Utah never had to deal with polygamy being so publicly out there, and she asks the Browns if they are concerned for that, and they won't speak on that. They defer to their lawyer. Robin says they just want to show their family, and that's it. They want to show who their family is, and that's all they're trying to do. They did not go public to stick their tongues out to the state of Utah or to be disrespectful. Their lawyer, Jonathan Turley, says there is no evidence of abuse or crimes, and they are as they appear. The Browns are a good and happy family, and they might not be the family that you or I would choose, he says, but there serves little purpose to shatter that family or to prosecute them simply because they are on TV. He says if you prosecute the Browns, you have to also prosecute thousands of polygamous families as well. Robin says she feels loyal to the fans who are so great. Cody says it frustrates him how the tabloids kill the truth. Janelle says they love it. They read the tabloids to find out all the truth they never knew about themselves. Mary jokes they found out the other day that she was leaving Cody. Natalie asks if the wives could leave if they wanted to. And if they did leave, would they lose custody of their kids? Cody says if they wanted to leave, they would all be free to leave and get the kids. And he would work double time to do all he could to make it easy and convenient on his wives. Here's a foreshadow. 
He says it would be like, and he looks directly at Christine as he says this, who is now divorced from him. And he says, it would be like, hey, if you're going to take the kids, can you move in the house next door to us? And I'll pay you more. I'll buy the house. I'll do whatever. He says he'll work extra time and do whatever it takes to make it work for the kids and to keep the kids close. And Mary says, in the end, it's a matter of choice. And none of them are choosing that right now. Everyone says that they are choosing to stay. And Natalie says that they're all 100% on the same page. And with that, the episode ends. I really found a lot of things interesting in this episode. And next episode that I'll be doing is the honeymoon extravaganza with Cody and Sabin, the soulmates. And, uh, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, they are going to be somewhere that I am very, very familiar with on their, um, honeymoon special. And, uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm sure there's going to be a lot for me to comment on. I'm very, um, excited to go there. I'm also excited to get into season two as well. I'm also excited to eventually, um, do the book club episodes and the episode on the faith, there is just so much that I want to cover and I'm super, super excited to get to it. Anyways, that does it for this episode of Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Thanks so much for watching for li and for listening. Please like, comment down below in the comment box. You guys know that I love your insights and I appreciate them so much. And if you can, please subscribe. I would love to get a community tab at some point. Thank you guys so much. I don't know when I will post my next episode, but I do... I will definitely do it as soon as possible. I am super stoked to get there. Thank you guys so much. See you guys soon. Bye.